Welcome back to the Modern Day Overthinker podcast. Thank you for tuning back in. Today's guest is Zach Vaughn. He's a fellow comedian here in the Quad Cities that I've gotten to know over the last couple of months here. We had a great conversation about a variety of topics, instant gratification, pattern recognition, impulsive behavior, depression, navigating depression, structure, the importance of structure. Zach talked about his military life and his perspectives on that, and we talked about the fear of failure, breakups, all types of good stuff and bad stuff and interesting stuff. You'll really like this conversation. I enjoyed it a lot. So if you like this, share it with your friends. Welcome, everybody, to the Modern Day Overthinker podcast. Uh, Today's guest is Zach Vaughn, a fellow comedian here in the Quad Cities, and uh, we met, what, it was been a few months ago? Because you just started doing comedy too, right? I uh, just moved to the Quad Cities. I've been doing stand-up for like a year and a half now. Okay. So I've been in the Quad Cities area for like uh, four months now. Four months now. And where are you from originally? Um, I am originally from... I'll say Burlington. I moved around a lot as a kid, but I kind of grew up in Burlington. And then I moved here from Bloomington, Illinois. Did you go to high school in Burlington? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys had an aggressive uh, section of parents at every athletic event. Yeah, we had an aggressive section of students that habitated that school. I think we made it on, like, uh, Good Morning America for, like, fights and stuff. It's crazy. Because <laughs> you guys were in our – I don't know how Burlington was in the MAC conference, but it was for a while in the same conference for sports. So that's funny. Yeah. Because uh, I went to Assumption, so uh, we played – I played baseball, so – you're a few years younger than me. You're 28, 27? 28. 28, okay. And uh, so you moved here for, not from Burlington, though. From Bloomington. From Bloomington, okay. Another one of those Ington towns, you know? Yeah, yeah. So what's Bloomington like? Mostly college town, right? Yeah, uh, Bloomington normal. It's uh, it's divided between, like, college students and— Oh, Pubali, yeah. She lives there during the week. And uh, people that work at, like, State Farm, you know, because State Farm headquarters is there. Okay. Oh, yeah, and shout-out to Poo She's probably going to be my my, get, my next guest, so that, that'll be awesome, too. Shout-out, Poo Yeah, shout-out, Poo Uh Yeah, I uh, just uh, wanted to start out by giving just a little background about you and, you know, a little bit of uh, just uh, kind of the Cliff's Notes uh, so we can get started and talk about a few things. we got a few things we wanted to talk about, so I'll let you... Uh, Kind of give uh, your brief background story for us, and then we'll just get into it. Um, yeah, I uh, 28 years old, um, moved around a lot when I was a kid, um, eventually settled down in Iowa. Military kid, or just moved around a lot? Moved just around a lot, just moved around a lot, eventually settled down in Iowa, um, went to Burlington, graduated, joined the military right out of high school. Um, been the guard for like 12 years now. I'm almost out. So I'm, okay. <laughs> the end is in sight. Um, I got a cousin who's in the guard. He's been there for a while. <clears throat> yep. Um, and, uh, then I just kind of moved around the state of Illinois in like my early twenties. Uh, I've always been 
incredibly impulsive, which, you know, probably lends itself to some of the topics that we can discuss today. Oh, I can relate. Uh, and, so, and some of the patterns of it and some of the self-destructive patterns of that. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, eventually, you know, I deployed back in 2018, got home, um, and uh, eventually ended up in Bloomington. That was kind of my first time on my own uh, for like the last two years, you know, I wasn't living with a girlfriend or anything like that, which is kind of how I made my way through my earlier portion of my twenties. Um, and then just I just living with chicks. Yeah. And then I, uh, and then I kind of, uh, I guess experienced for like the first time in my life, uh, like real, you know, adversity more or less, you know, because I think, when we're in our 20s, uh, we're trying to paint out this narrative to ourselves that any bad day we have must be the result of our lives being worse than our peers. You know, Oh, yeah, the comparisons. Everything's an injustice to us. Uh, people aren't going through what we're going through or experiencing what we're experiencing. We're sort of selfish. Um, and then I think life really has a way of humbling you uh, in the latter portion of your twenties and maybe way earlier for some people. Um, but that's how it was for me where you're like, Oh, actually, um, you know, things can be worse and there are people with bigger problems and there is a, a bigger, oh, yeah, the- big, bigger world out there with, with bigger issues than, you know, my things. And then our worlds are so small. And then you just kind of have to learn how to navigate it yourself. I think that's so important, you know? Um, and then eventually it becomes, I guess, a, a point of pride if you if you see your way out the other side. But it sucks while you're going through it. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, you say you were deployed. Where did uh, overseas or you said? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I spent about half of that deployment in uh, Camp Uring, Kuwait, and then I spent the other half of that deployment in uh, Camp Taji, Iraq, which is right outside of Baghdad. Um, I work on helicopters in the guard, and it was a pretty uh cake deployment and honestly oh really it wasn't bad no um and i love i don't like the military stuff because i have a sort of um natural aversion to authority uh it's just ingrained into me but i've always loved structure in my life that's what i was gonna say structure Um, you know it the more structure that exists in my life, the the busier I can pack my schedule, uh, the less destructive I end up being to myself. I've been and learning that a lot. So the military takes the guesswork out of it when you're in those active duty sort of environments because there's nothing but structure. It's really hard to be destructive in that way. You know, this is like your schedule. There's nothing to distract you. I know people uh, who found a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Depending on what division of the military, of course, what but, their rank was or what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're right. <laughs> you're right, actually, now that I, I kind of dive into that. But for me, for me at the very least. Uh, it provided you s- more structure than being on your own, for y- sure. 100%. Yeah, yeah. It was training wheels and a bicycle, which I think is um, is something that can very much be a positive. But I also think it's a detriment to people that spend uh, their entire lives and like in active duty, uh, in particular where, uh, the military's always kind of babysat them. Uh, they've never really been an individual because you're always explained how you're just part of a team. 
for the early portion of their adult lives in the military. They aren't paying rent or utilities or, or, oh. it, or anything. They don't even have to buy their own food, you know? So they have no real respect for property or value or understanding of that. And it just kind of baby proofs their entire life. And then you see these people that get out after one contract. Uh, and then they don't just, know how to handle money. They they're just fully lost adults. They're just like, I have, especially if they went in the military with a skill that doesn't translate into the real world, you know? Yeah, you're lucky yours does. Yeah, it worked out for me. Some days I doesn't feel as lucky, but I get uh, it. <laughs> it worked out for me better than it did um, a lot of people. But I do, I, I, uh, I'm real empathetic for people that, you know, were kind of tossed into that environment and then kind of didn't have to make decisions for themselves for so long um, and then just you know, fall off the rails on the, the other side of it. I know some people, uh, depending on uh, this, does it depend on what division of the military you're in when it comes to, like, getting out and, like, going to school and then paying for your school? Is that just, like... You'll I, get... I know some people have done that. I just don't know what you have to do in order for that to happen. I think, I think all branches of the military have... Um, some program that's going to pay your tuition while you're in. And I think all of them probably have some GI bill program that gives you a stipend after you're out. Um, and a lot of those branches like have a stipend that can even extend to like your family or things like that. So there are education benefits. Um, I utilized mine by, uh, dropping out of college no less than five times. So, you know, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> how many different colleges uh, oh, five? Two? No, just two. Just, just two. two, just two. I finally finished my like a uh, associate's degree. I'm like the Van Wilder of associate's nice. degrees. Um, and it's not because I am particularly bad at school. It's yeah. just another one of those things that, for whatever reason, I I developed an aversion to. I think school is a real negative time in my life. Uh. I think I got anxious in like the the academic setting, even if I tested really well. Um, and so it's oh just, man, I hate tests. Some people are like, "You don't like tests because you're stupid." I, I know that's Daniel Tosh. <laughs> He's like, the reason you don't like tests is because you're dumb. Or I don't know the exact bit, but it's like, or I'm a bad test taker. No, you're just saying you're stupid. No, I was legitimately a bad test taker at certain times because I would get so anxious and. Second, second guess everything, especially if it was multiple choice, and talk myself out of the wrong answer so many times. See, I was I was the opposite in the aspect that I had like a an incredible retention for knowledge. I had no desire to do any real work. So as far as doing the you know the homework, hated it, dude. Papers, hated it, and I mean I hated it pretty much from the very beginning, yeah. you know, starting in school, but especially by the time that I was in high school, it was just, it wasn't getting done. It wasn't, um, at all, <laughs> <laughs> but test, you know, or something that it wasn't going to impact any of my life outside of school. Got it. it you know, yeah. it, it existed within that class. You were just a sponge. You, you were able to absorb the information as long as you paid attention enough. <laughs> and my teachers hated me. Uh, you know, they, or that, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 
Yeah, I know some people like that for sure. I was not that guy. I was uh, I could get I would get the homework done, but then when it came to tests, it was just not it did not go well for me because I did not retain information because there was just so much going on in my head. Uh, but I could write a paper, a just a great fantastic paper right before it was due. Just I would prefer that. It was it's weird. I uh, I could write certain papers really well. Like if there was any sort of like room for a creative element in like a paper, yeah. you know, I could like I could put words down on a yeah. page, like I could speak. But if it was like if it was just not if, if it was a research paper, mm-hmm. if it was just this is what it is with with limited room for interpretation, and I waited last minute to do that, like I was going to be suffering the entire time that I. Oh, I know how to make sentences way longer. <laughs> Uh, I learned. Oh, I learned all the tricks. You know how to how to change. Uh, I didn't learn this until very very late in the game when I was in college. But you can change like the size of the periods and because you had to have page length. There was page yeah, length yeah, limits yeah. and stuff like that. Little tiny things that you could change. Just any way to work smarter, not harder. I would figure that out. I still kind of am like that today. But uh, as far as some of the topics we wanted to talk about, I know we wanted to talk about, uh, we'll start by talking about, well, city work on, uh, you work on, not airplanes, helicopters, correct? Or is it airplanes now? You formerly worked on helicopters. Worked on helicopters in the military, Chinooks, and I work on airplanes now. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, uh, it's weird, so kind of going backwards a little bit going back into like my my early 20s and the way it kind of lends itself to this um I wasn't a particularly hard worker you know like I didn't have to work hard through school as we just explained yeah it just wasn't in me like I could only put effort into something that I that I was incredibly passionate about Mm -hmm. and it was really it's always been difficult for me especially considering how impulsive I am to see the big picture of a lot of my pursuits. So when you're getting mixed up in all like the, the starting work of something, you know, and you're waiting to arrive at that big picture, that end goal, I would just, I would stop way before I got there. I'd be like, I'm so tired of this. And another thing, another habit uh, that's horrible, probably the worst habit that somebody can have is if I wasn't immediately good at something, I just didn't do it. Mm. I just, I had no desire to be not good at anything in front of anyone. And it used to be like a joke between like my friends and I, you know, like they'd ask me to like play certain sports and I'm not at all athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd be like, I'd be like, Hey, if I don't do it in front of you, you guys can't say I'm bad at it. You know? And like, I'd like joke around, but no, like that's literally, that was my mindset for a very long time. Like, I didn't want to experience failure. I didn't like the way it felt to fail at things. So I I just avoided it entirely. So Terrible idea. Terrible idea. So my early 20s, I was working a lot of jobs. I I was moving a lot. I was very impulsive. Um, And they weren't jobs that I particularly loved. They were jobs that I saw, you know, some sort of instant success in that I could kind of slide by. Yeah. Eventually, there was like a, a transition phase where when I moved to Bloomington on my own, 
like I had to learn. So why Bloomington? So right before I deployed, I was living in Champaign. Okay. Uh, I was managing a GNC uh, in Champaign. And I had friends in the area. I had friends in Bloomington that were going to school at ISU. Um, I was seeing a girl at the time. Uh, We stayed together throughout the entire deployment. When I got back from the deployment, um, I just just didn't feel the same anymore. And it was kind of that relationship. You're gone for how long? A year. Yeah, that's a long time. It was kind of that relationship that exists at a point in time in your life where all my friends are like, when are you marrying this girl? Mm-hmm. Um, and she was a, a great human being, you know, like just the the kindest, nicest girl I've ever dated for sure. Um, and I had nothing against her and I had no ill intent towards her, but I just like. Couldn't do it. It just wasn't there anymore. Yeah. We, we were getting to the point where we were like barreling down on like looking at homes, like creating a bigger five-year plan. I'm just like, this seems like it's not going to work out. And the more I invest into this, the worse it's going to be. So I know that feeling, man. So I, um, I called that, uh, which sucked, you know, it sucks. Like, dude, it's the worst breaking up with somebody. Yeah. It's terrible. Especially somebody that you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the worst part. Like if somebody like I had, I had obviously had relationships in the past and breakups in the past, but a lot of times, like, I would let those go to the point that we both resented one another. Yeah. And then yeah. it's just like, I can't wait to leave you. You know, it, it was yeah. all right. This wasn't the case. You know, like, this was, like, a person that I still very much loved in a certain way, just not a romantic way anymore, uh, that still was very much romantically in love with me. And it sucks. It's not a great feeling. Yep. That's <laughs> very relatable. Um, So that happened. And... I just knew that my entire five-year plan at the start of that breakup had had shifted, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I knew that I wasn't going to do any of the things that I had planned to do. I was going to... And how old were you at this time? Uh, 25, 25. Um, so I, uh, I knew I wasn't moving to Des Moines. I, know I, wa- I knew I wasn't going to stay in school. Um, I knew I wasn't going to buy a house. So I'm just like, Bloomington seems nice. I hated Champagne when I was there. I still had friends in Bloomington. I like Bloomington. I still like Bloomington, Airplane. you know? Um, and uh, moved there. And, and I remember, like, my parents, they were like, I feel like you really aren't thinking this out. And I'm like, I'm going to be good. And they were so incredibly right, I hate to admit, uh, <laughs> they were, they were just the most right. And, uh, so when I got there, you know, I, I'm 25. Um, I just gotten back from a deployment. Uh, I applied to a job installing home security systems from indeed. Okay. Um, which was the worst job, man. It was, it was the, the grimiest, sleaziest sort of sales job, uh, I was, I was probably traveling 150, 200 miles a day. I know someone who did that and yeah, it burned them out. Really <sighs> um, you just feel horrible. You don't feel good at all about what you're doing. Sales um, jobs are in general. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Uh, not great. Tough. I'd worked, I'd worked other types of sales before. Yeah. And, and it, you know, it didn't leave as bad of a taste in my mouth as this particular company, but this, it just felt horrible. Um, so I knew I wasn't going to do that. 
I ended up getting licensed to sell life and health insurance in the state of Illinois. I'm licensed in Iowa. And I uh, did that for probably two months without receiving a paycheck uh, at all because I had no book of business. I was cold calling all the time. Um, it was nobody in this company wanted to like share leads. Like it was very much dog eat dog. And I'm like, Hey, uh, turns out guys, I can't just not get paid, uh, for two months of my life. So sorry, I can't do this. So at this point I'm, did they pay for your licensing at least? No, I paid for my licensing. So at this point I I'm, I'm completely rebuffed. You know, I, I made this giant move, uh, you know, in the first, five months, six months, I had already worked and lost two jobs. I'm now cash poor. I'm broke. Um, I'm paying $1,100 a month for my apartment. Uh, you know, I, I'm just the lowest I've ever been. I feel like a complete failure. You know, I feel every part of me feels like a loser. You know, I feel like the least successful of my friends. Um, I'm comparing myself to, to my peers uh, don't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I, it just wasn't good. And then I got a job, uh, duck cleaning for an HVAC company, which is the, like the lowest rung of doing HVAC work. Uh, and I just worked, you know, like at yeah. this point, like labor. at this point, all of my, Pride and ego had kind of sort of been dissolved by the last few months that I experienced. And I'm just like, all I'm going to do is just kind of put my head down. Just mindlessly work. I'm going to work. Um, and I ended up going from duck cleaning to new construction to new construction to replacement in a super short window of time. Uh, the My boss loved me. Couldn't say enough good things about me. And then for the first time in my life even though I had other jobs that I had been successful at, this just felt different. Like this felt like it was something that wasn't, I wasn't naturally inclined to do that. I, that I just put in some sort of effort. And then I, I started getting like, you know, these praises for it. And it felt good in a different way than I had ever experienced. Cause you weren't just automatically good at it. And I realized that, Nothing felt as good up until that point is just working really hard at something that I wasn't naturally gifted at. Um, I went from there to installing wire guidance systems. I would have stayed with that company forever if they weren't a small HVAC business and could have afforded to pay me more. You know, Mm -hmm. I still talk to that boss to this day, you know. Yeah. Um, Did wire guidance. I was traveling uh, three weeks out of every month I was on the road. I was back one week, uh, a month. I got like four different promotions and like a six months w- window of time there. And I like, I just became addicted to trying to be as successful as, as possible, like work as hard as possible, grind as hard as possible at these jobs. Um, it was like a complete shift in like my perspective of how I wanted to approach things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, eventually I found my way into aviation, which is, you know, my, my dream gig, right? I've been working aviation. I've been working on helicopters for almost 12 years now. Um, 
and I feel lucky to have been able to transition into a civilian position. And now I'm experiencing the fallback of finally working that job, that career, right? Like all these have just been jobs. Now I'm finally working that career that I had these expectations for. I had these, these like idolized views in my mind of what it was going to be like when I finally did something um, that I, that I am gifted at. And then I could apply on top of that, all these skills that I've learned about working hard, you know, doing the right thing, you know, like showing up I, every day. I, being yeah. On time. I can like, I can combine these two things. These things can finally, you know, meet, uh, and like the sky's the limit. And it's just not that man, you know, you just, you get here, you kind of see like the other side of the curtain. Everyone has these dreams that they want to accomplish in life, whatever it is. Um, and I think sometimes we can make something way bigger than what it actually is in our minds. And then when it's finally, unrealistic expectations, when it's finally in our grasp, we're like, oh, this isn't at all yeah. what I thought it was going to be, you know? Yeah, you gotta set the bar lower. Yeah, like you're you're never supposed to uh, like meet your heroes, right? It's like that sort of thing. Kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, there's obviously. Um, so you're feeling a little uh, a little stuck right now, or I um, I yeah, I don't. It's I don't know. Like I I don't know how how I view it. Like. The work environment that I'm at, it, it's it's negative, right? Everybody there is kind of like beaten down. They're kind of, uh, you know, I, I I don't know the word for it. It you can just tell that it's worn all of them down. They're just um, exhausted. They're just and I've always checked out, kind of. Yeah, and I've always been relatively good at what whatever I had going on in my life. Uh, whether I was feeling good or not, being able to add some sense of levity or lightness to like a room, you know, it's it's probably why I got into comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you come in there and like, you know that people aren't going to be feeling it that day and you try having like this mindset where it's like, hey, like, look, it's going to be good. Like, yeah. it re- you, you can, you haven't been able to boost the morale. It reminds me almost exactly of like what a deployment feels like that's how it feels right where like the you know the main office the you know the people that are scheduling this work they're kind of like the brass you know the higher-ups and all of us little peasants on the floor you know like we're the you know the lower enlisted you know and what ends up happening is you build this sense of camaraderie with people because you're all experiencing this adversity together you're all experiencing all of this bullshit together. So you end up with these really close bonds with these people and you end up sticking around these places because you, you care about the people you care about yeah. the people that are immediately next to you. You care about your peers. Um, yep. I know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's exactly what it is. The best part about this job is negative as everyone I work with is, is the fact that we're, we're all in it together, you know, no matter how bad the workday gets or how overscheduled we are, how uh, crazy the production schedule is for us. Like, you know, nobody has it better necessarily than anyone else. Uh, so as long as you can have some sort of sense of humor about it, 
you know, you're good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, perspective is huge, man. If you don't have the right perspective on things, you're just, especially in that environment, you're it's it's gonna be bad. Uh and uh you know, and when you do have those off days or those days that you feel like Man, I wish I wouldn't have done this, da, 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 you know. That's where I felt like comedy has just been such a great outlet for me, man. Uh, just being able to get up on stage and just riff about stuff and, you know, talk about what things I'm pissed off about or just goofy stuff that's in my head or stuff that I randomly wrote down and uh, just getting out of your head. It's It's been awesome, man. And also just, like, it's insane to me. How I did not expect, you know, doing stand up to meet as many people as we have are like it's insane. Yeah, the Quad Cities scene is like uh, it's it's unique. Like this even if you talk, I I feel like it's never been like this. But I haven't been a I've been doing comedy for that long. But even like if you talk to some of like the OGs, like James, like he's like he's like dumb. He's almost he's dumbfounded by it. Yeah, it's great. Like you have like a lot of young talent. You see, like, the biggest thing to me, um, when, like, when I look back on my life, what, what I, another trend I notice myself <clears throat> is having a sense of community has always been massive to me. Having, yeah. having some sort of, like, tribe, right? Um, I don't know exactly why that is, but I've tried fitting in to a billion different roles in my life, mm-hmm. right? You know, I was, I was musical, in uh in high school i was in like several bands you know uh i i what what, what instrument do you play i play guitar oh awesome any sort of like trend that i could that seemed like i could mesh with i would just dive onto it like instantly yeah no shame you know i'd just be like this is gonna be the one and when i got back from like basic training and stuff when i was 19 years old i got really into bodybuilding I didn't know anyone else that was doing it. I'm not athletic at all. Did you know Shane used to do that? Powerlifting. He had yeah. powerlifting. Oh, powerlifting. Sorry. I eventually found my way to powerlifting. Okay. I'll get there. But I got into bodybuilding. I, I'm not athletic at all, but I didn't have to be for this. Like, I just had to, like, do some work, you know, and, like, try looking good. And I've always had issues with, like, body image and stuff. Um, and I've always been incredibly self-conscious about how people might perceive me or how people might view me. Um which ironically enough, the more I got into bodybuilding, uh, the more self-conscious I got because then it became like, now are people perceiving me as dumb because I like look a certain, you know, I mean, it just, it just, it just shifted, you know, like there was no escaping it. Like I was always going to be self-conscious and overly perceptive of how I was viewed by the world. It just shifted. It went from me being like, uh, I'm like a chubby, you know, awkward, ugly kid, and people don't like me because of that. And then it switched to, oh, I'm a f- big, dumb meathead, and now people don't like me because of that. Um, and I hated both of those equally, yeah. Yeah. you know? Um, so I tried finding that community, and I did. Like, I latched on to some pe- I had coaches. I would travel to different gyms. Um, and I'm just like, this is it, you know? Like, brotherhood, you know? It just, that wasn't for me, you know? I was never going to genetically be a naturally gifted bodybuilder, you know? 
And then later on, I discovered powerlifting and uh, hired a coach that um, I'm friends with um, and enjoyed it. I enjoyed the pursuit of that. You know, it seemed like a less vain uh, pursuit of doing something. I liked doing the work. It was like the things that I liked about bodybuilding with with not as much of the things I didn't like. I'm like, now this is going to be my community. Like, yeah, this is going to be it. And um, COVID pretty much shut that one down. I don't Ooh. know if I don't know if the gym closures didn't happen in Illinois. If I would still be doing it, sometimes I think on that. But eventually, what happened during COVID? All gyms were shut down. Mm-hmm. I was traveling for work, and I just had this epiphany where I'm like, dude, you've never in your life been an athlete. Like, you aren't a genetic specimen of a human being. You know, you've done some pretty impressive things uh, in powerlifting and bodybuilding, probably more than what you should have been able to accomplish and you weren't even playing to your strengths at all, you know? Mm -hmm. What if you, like, just used your brain? Like, what if something you were naturally gifted at, which is, like, being goofy and charismatic and funny, like, what if you put that foot forward? What if you tried telling jokes on stage, you know? And you tried to find a community there. And um, eventually I got on stage and I started doing it. And uh, definitely didn't find a community for a while, you know. Where was your first uh, open mic? Uh, Teehees in Des Moines. Okay. I'm actually going to go back there uh, this Thursday. I have to head up to the Des Moines area this weekend. And I haven't been there for like a, a year, so I might go stun on them. Dude, um, I need to go to Des Moines. Uh, I wish I could go. Uh, soon, but, uh, yeah, work's been crazy. Uh, I've been, have you done the, have you done the Dubuque mic yet? Any of them? The what? The Dubuque one? The comedy bar? Yeah, the comedy bar. I've been to the Dubuque. Yeah, comedy bar's dope. The first time I didn't really, uh, get the, uh, heads up that it was so damn bright up there. It's super bright. Oh, man. It totally <laughs> threw me off. It threw off my whole set. Um, I, it probably, it, that probably wasn't it, but I blame the lighting. Yeah. No, you should. You, gotta you, should, bl- you should fairly blame the lighting. You got to blame something. It was for sure that It lighting. wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. But it took forever to find, like, a community in comedy, mm-hmm. you know, like, because comic, like, what I thought, like, what I thought in my mind is, like, you know, these people probably also suffer from a plethora of mental health issues, you know, and they're probably also introverted in their own ways and socially awkward Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, which isn't wrong. Yeah. Which isn't wrong. Even (laughs) a little bit, not even kind of wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but you know, we're also all kind of narcissists and there is this competitive element that exists within comedy, this weird sort of, you know, kind of rivalry that, you know, and I, yeah. I, I just what I just wasn't accepted. And then uh, when I started doing a lot of stand up in the Champaign Urbana area, um, I found camaraderie with like the people that were coming up. I have good friends and like Champaign Urbana comedy, but you could tell like the the veterans of that area. There's still weirdness there, you know. Like they didn't want to, like you know, they didn't want to give credits like you know these younger comics or whatever. Mm. Um, and it still just felt tense. Like it didn't feel like how I wanted it to, you know, I wanted it to be like this, this positive thing. And, uh, 
I came up here and started doing comedy and couldn't be further from like the opposite of those experiences. Um, and in fact, the only thing that was making it weird uh, while I was here initially was just how, you know, like the aversion I had to like trusting other people in any mm. way, shape or form, because I, I was granted with like greeted with so much uh, negativity rather that, you know, you're almost kind of like what's happening here. Even when I would have a good interaction with somebody, I'd be like, I don't know if I trust you, you know, or they just being nice to me. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, but eventually like, you know, you start like letting your guard down. It's, I think even in just like the last month, the community's grown like so much better. It's, it's oh yeah, it's fun. They're fun hangs at these mics. Like it's like a positive experience. Yeah, like the village, around. like the village theater mic that really wasn't much of a crowd. It was just all comics. We were just <laughs> all just messing around the whole time. It was great. I had never done that open mic, and I was like, oh, so this is what this is like. All right. Yeah. Sweet. And it was just a perfect uh, opportunity to practice stuff and just talk shit. Um, and, uh, yeah, talk shit to Austin, which is my, one of my favorite things to do. I'm learning. Yeah, no. It's, it's a it's, great time. It's real fun. It's a, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. I'm just when I have him on the podcast, I'm just going to talk shit to him the whole time. That's just going to be the whole podcast. He's like, why this isn't the format at all. Um, but anyway, uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit already with the, with the pattern recognition and the pattern that you had and then where you're at now with your life. And I can totally relate to that. Cause I would see like myself, like just going through this, I don't know, I was just kind of going through the motions for a long time and just kind of winging it and didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I would have, like, these good moments where I was feeling really good about myself and I uh, felt like I was on the right path. And then all of a sudden, I just, like, life just hit me in the face. And then I was just like, oh, this is terrible. Uh, and all of my friends or former friends or acquaintances, they're all doing better than me. You know, they're all in these great relationships, have these great jobs, and I'm just struggling, and I'm about to move back in with my parents again or something like that. Like, Because I had to do that very many times. So I was really bad at managing money. Still not great at managing money. Yeah, dude, same. Absolutely 100% the same. <laughs> just terrible. And I, yeah, I don't know if you saw my, uh, yeah, I had a post about it yesterday. Uh, no, it was, I, I think I only posted that one on TikTok. Yeah, it was on TikTok. Uh, I was on my TikTok because somebody was talking about how so many people aren't getting ahead or they are, the reason you're not rich is because you're lazy. It's like, it's not that simple. Some people, yeah, they're lazy and they don't work hard. Definitely true. However, so many people don't know how to manage money. And we weren't really taught that in school. It just wasn't really a thing. I think I took in high school, we had a personal finance class like that you could take. It wasn't really required or anything, but it didn't really go over a lot, you know. But I was not ready to be able to, you know, you know, file my taxes, for example, uh, which most of it you, you can do online very easily anymore. But still, like stuff like that, balancing like a checkbook, all kinds of things. I just didn't know what to d 
I wouldn't know how to do that if I didn't have my parents. Like I had, I have my dad is a is very good with finances, so I can go to him and ask him anything. But not everybody has that. You know why were we taught all this stuff at school that is not relevant at all when you become an adult, unless you're like specifically in a field that requires that type of knowledge. And my parents have been great too. You know, like uh, I'm I'm incredibly lucky to have them, but. I mean, another thing that nobody discusses um, with, you know, depression or depressive disorder or a sort of anxiety disorders. Yeah, it's hard to get motivated. Is what makes you feel good when you're alone, right? You know, like what's instant gratification when you're going through a depressive episode and you're alone? You don't have anything to distract you. What's the easiest thing to do? Spend money, order food buy something off Amazon, you know, like it's, it's so easy to do it without even thinking because you get that, that initial sort of like bit of dopamine, you know, like that initial rush of endorphins. You're like, oh, like I have some, I just paid $37 for $10 worth of food on DoorDash and like, that's going to come here and I'm going to eat that and I'm going to feel good, man. Like, and you don't, you know, and you just lost $37. Like it's so easy when you're in these like mental health spirals to just be like, you know, I whatever you know that's what mo- it's the money's worst. money and then you wonder why you're constantly poor you know and there's there's definitely this mental health component about oh it. yeah for sure and nobody nobody like I wouldn't say nobody it's it not do, it's not it's as not o- something you hear about it's not as often discussed with things like depression and anxiety and it's not often discussed all the other impulsive behaviors it's not often discussed things like you know promiscuity or, or anything like any of these habits we have to self medicate ourselves when we're feeling numb but like what nobody talks about and what i kind of heard like when with what you were saying when you got in this this thinking trap of you're like oh my peers are doing better than me you know, because all of those things are, are super relevant to me. I, I have those thoughts all the time. I think a lot of people do. Yeah, social media. Nobody out. talks about how selfish depression makes you. You know what I mean? Like, there have been so many tragedies that have happened over the last several years during this pandemic. And a lot of these tragedies have occurred where I'm in the middle of a, a massive depressive spiral. And I'm just trying to survive, right? Mm -hmm. And I see all my friends and all my peers being like, oh my gosh, this is so terrible. How could this happen? And all I can think is I literally don't have enough emotional energy to fucking care about that. Yep. And it sucks because you know you should. You know it should make you feel something. You know you should be like, that does suck. But when you're just trying to make it through your own day, you know, it, it, it turns you into this sort of, you know, self-absorbed. Exactly. Is the word for it. Yeah. And you don't want to be like that either. No, not at all. Not at all. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. And some people, I'm glad you brought that up. They don't realize that either. They don't realize the effect that when they're in that mood, what that does to other people. Um, or if you're one of those people, like I know some people who get in depressive episodes, they might even listen to this podcast. I hope they don't take offense to this, but they will ignore phone calls, ignore texts. And it's, uh, and I already know when that happens, it's a red flag. And I'm like, Oh, this person's going through something. And, um, 
It's and it's just like just send a quick text back and just be like, hey, just I'm not I'm not feeling it, but I'm alive. Yeah, just something. Yeah, so I know what's going on, and I think I did tell her that, but um, yeah, and I've I've caught myself doing that too. Ign- it's, it's ignor- crazy how much like something- ignoring just anything I can, I will. I'll ignore it. It's crazy how much something so small is like just that little text you were talking about, like how big of an undertaking that feels like when it feels like it feels like the hardest thing ever for her. And I talked to her about it. And yeah, I mean, like it's it's definitely impacted relationships that I've had in my life. You know, like it's I did it to my friend. I did it to my friend yesterday. Yeah. uh, I have texted him. I had to text him back today and be like, dude, I was not intentionally trying to ignore you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it has, man, it's derailed friendships, like, you know, because, like, like you said, yeah, you become so self-absorbed that you, when you find somebody that you trust, somebody that you resonate with, that, that might not be suffering from any sort of mental illness, what happens is you're like, this is a person that I can, like, unpack these issues onto, but what you don't realize when you're in these, these episodes, like, when, when it's, it's been like this for weeks or months. These people have just been hearing nothing but negativity for weeks and oh, yeah. months. And they've just been trying to tolerate it and be patient with you because they care about you and they love you and they want you to do better. But, you know, put yourself in their shoes. Yeah, you burn know, them how, out, man. Yeah, how tolerant of that would you be, you know? I mean, I like it. This is something that, I'm inter- you know, I try being as introspective as possible about, uh, it's something that I try doing a lot of self-examination with, um, you know, and it's something that I understand is very much a problem in a lot of people. And even I have friends that are, that are no more or less depressed than I can be that when they're going through like their depressive episodes, I'm just like, come on. You know, like, you know, yeah. like, it, and you know exactly what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. You're still just like, oh, like this again. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. And I just, yeah, I was just talking about it too. It's, it's frustrating because you know, uh, it's something that you know about, but you're still just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Please stop, you know? Yeah. And then <laughs> next, and then a week later, you do the same thing. And then, like, you'll say things that, like, people say to you, like, ah, oh, nothing stays bad forever. And you're just like, that's such, <laughs> it feels such like such cliche. bullshit saying that. Yeah, but it's true. Yeah, uh, it is true. It is very much true. But, like, you know when you're in their shoes hearing the same thing, you're just like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, man. shut up. Yeah, when you're in it, oh, my God, it feels like eternity. Like you're in it forever. I I go through so many waves of depression because, yeah. Um, also with when when it comes to like the changing of seasons, I get the seasonal depression thing that hits me every year. Uh, usually, sh- it's the worst in fall. Like fall, I hate fall. I don't. Everybody's like fall. The leaves are changing. I'm like, my brain is changing, <laughs> and it's awful. <laughs> it's just brutal man um every year but uh i've also learned um how important you know little things like taking vitamins like vitamin d how important that is and i take vitamin d now uh, and that helps me that's helped me so much get through you know those those winter months where it's dark almost all the time yeah I mean, yeah. I could never live in Alaska, dude. No wonder why the suicide rate's so damn high. Winter's winter's the worst for me. 
I kind of like fall. Winter sucks for me. I definitely go through seasonal depression during winter. Obviously, like... Um, Mine kind of starts in the fall, and it's like it goes into winter a little bit, and then it's kind of like plateaus. Yeah. The more, like, the, the more stressed I am, the more I stress eat, the worse I feel because I'm eating horribly. The oh. less, the, the more exhausted I am because I'm stressed, the less I exercise and the worse I end up feeling that ends up compounding on top of itself. Like if I can stay active and routine based, like, and just, and just keep that trend and keep that momentum building, I, Dude, I, I, for, I, I for sure feel the best. And you know what? Like, since I've moved to Davenport, um, I even just posted about it, you know, like I, I'm more transparent now about, uh, you know, the trials and tribulations of my day-to-day life than I've ever been before. Um, but I try being relatively optimistic and, you know, like sharing the wins, but I let people know that like the lows exist too. It's only yeah, fair. Cause that's, a, that's another reason why I like doing what I do on social media is because I'll post not just the good things that happen in my life. I'll post the, I don't like get super negative, like, you know, like, oh, poor me type of thing. But you just be like, you know what? I, things have not been going well. Yeah. This, this, this. But also, I know things are going to get better. Because I, you know, all I have to do is stick it out because I've seen this. I've been here before. Yeah. And it does. Like, it does feel reassuring. I think, like, uh, Charles Bukowski has a quote that's something like, uh, you know, I, you know, like I thought I was going to die when this happened to me. And then I laughed because I thought of how many other times that I felt that way, you know, to, yeah. to paraphrase him roughly. Yeah. It does feel that way when you come out of it. But what I was saying, um, even just moving to Davenport, I made a post about it. Like the number of like, not just acquaintances, but quality friends, uh, that I've made since I've lived here that have, interesting lives that are vastly different from one another that that have vastly different hobbies that they want to include me in like the amount of weekends that I would like just spend a Sunday like sitting on my couch like in my fucking boxers like eating junk food not wanting to like leave the couch getting more and more depressed as the day went on that like somebody's hit me up and been like hey let's go do this and like you, those days, those days when you wake up and you feel this overwhelming sense of dread and you're like, oh, I know today's going to be terrible. And, and somebody hits you up and asks to make a plan with you. And maybe it's a plan that nine times out of 10, you would have been like, no, like, I don't feel like doing it. Like, I've just been saying yes to those plans now. And my life has been exponentially better. Yeah, those, 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 plans, those yeah. end up being my favorite days, you know, like, like days where any problem that you have just seems like a little bit smaller than it should be. My buddy Greg hit me up a few Sundays ago and the weather was still nice and I live in prime area down, everything's walking distance from me, you yeah. know? And, uh, he's like, you want Sunday fun day? <clears throat> so we went to the village, uh, we got brunch uh it brew had some brunch cocktails uh went over to toasted met up with a couple bartenders there which i end up still close friends with today um how long has it been open that hasn't been open that long i don't think too terribly long um 
Uh, they were about to get off their shift. We went to that cigar lounge downtown, sat outside on the patio. I haven't been there. I've only been to the one that I, I posted. I saw about you posted about it. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to go there. Smoked, smoked cigars out on the patio. Went over to Armored Gardens. I'm not a huge drinker, you know, but, you know, had like a couple beers. Went to like Bettendorf. Like the weather was just beautiful. Like it, we were with new friends. I was yeah. like social. Like everything just felt good. Everything just felt genuinely good. And any any sort of weird problem that I was perceiving in my life just just faded away. And I'm just like, oh, this is the best part of life. Like I don't work to, to, you know, to live and pay my bills, you know, like I don't suffer on the days which I don't want to be at work just so that I can make a utility payment. I suffer so that I can have these experiences with people, these human experiences, these Mm -hmm. interactions where you get to learn about someone and enjoy somebody's company and realize that we're all so vastly different and we're all kind of weird and we all have our own shit and it's it's cool, man. Like you can just be with people and enjoy their company and enjoy some nice weather. And it's like this is this is what I'm doing all of this for. This makes it way better. Oh yeah, yeah. Reaping the benefits of just and just the simple things too. Yeah, that's that's another thing. As you get as you get older, man. Yeah, it's so funny how you how you have that joke about how you're you feel like you're 30 and you're only 28. Because <laughs> you're talking like you're 30 as well (laughs) like because you just appreciate those little things more as you get older and it's just i i didn't used to appreciate the little things i used to like i was never living in the moment yeah not until the last few years at least i was just always like either kicking myself for past decisions or looking for way too far ahead and being like this is where i need to be and not just focusing on like, why aren't you just living in the moment? And you're like, you're at dinner with a friend, and or why are you on your phone right now? Stuff like that. Like that's another thing I'm trying to do is uh, not be on my phone as much when I'm around people. Uh, just because it's so, it's such a bad habit, dude. Terrible. It's the worst habit. Yeah. Um, I'm horrible at it. Yeah. It's, Everybody it's, is. It's, it's an anxious tick for me. Like it, it is. It, it, like I grab my yep. phone and just start. I, sometimes I'm not even looking at anything. I'm just it, I'm never looking at anything. I'm literally <laughs> just touching it just to like touch it. You know. Yeah. It, it takes you out of a moment with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's ridiculous. But it's gonna be even worse. Like uh, conversations are gonna get even more difficult. I think because I was talking to somebody the other day and. Uh, they they teach and I was asking them I was like what do you uh, how do you deal with because uh, you know when, when I was in high school uh, uh, we had phones we had cell phones but none of them were smartphones yet I had like I think when I my freshman or sophomore year of college is when like the first iPhone came out. I could be a little a little off on that, but I didn't have a smartphone in high school, and most of my friends didn't either. Uh, so phones were kind of a problem, but not really, because they weren't computers. Yeah. Uh, so now all these kids have smartphones, 
And I was like, how do you deal with that? And he's like, well, I mean, they this person's really, really lax about it. Uh, but the one thing they did say is that the their conversations and uh, what they do outside of school is a lot different than us as far as, like, we would go to each other's house and hang out and just do whatever, shoot the shit, play yeah. video games, whatever, start drinking, <laughs> like, whatever. We did that in high school. Now... They'll go over to each other's houses and hang out every once in a while, but not nearly as often because they have their phones. They'll just text each other or Snapchat or FaceTime or whatever. Probably not even FaceTime. Uh, it's just all messaging. And uh, the conversations are very short. And I'm... Concerned. I'm like a, I'm like that concerned old man now about I, that. I remember reading like a uh, an article. Uh, you remember when those like Jake Paul sexual assault allegations came out? Uh I think so. I saw his uh his his new drink at High V today, oh, and man. I was like, absolutely not. And I kept walking because I can't stand those brothers. So but, yeah. yeah. So another prominent influencer. I don't. I. There's nothing in the world that uh, I care less about than some being a social me- someone being a social media influencer. Oh, yeah. But another prominent influencer had apparently dated Jake Paul, um, and allegedly he had like sexually assaulted her. Yeah. She, when she came out with this information, she was talking about like the day leading, you know, like leading up to it, and she said something I thought was like really interesting, where she's like, "I, I can't. I went over to this place, and." He was just chilling on his couch, playing on his phone. And she's like, I didn't think anything of it. I guess I just figured that he must be really socially awkward because of how much time he spends on his phone. Like she like said something along the lines of that. And I'm like, this is like a, a celebrity. This is a persona, right? And this person like outside of being a persona is probably somewhere on the Osberger spectrum because he's, it's just nothing but social media indulgence all the time yeah these are people that like we like look up to and they're like i mean maybe nobody's looking up to jake paul but you get what i'm saying all kids Pe- do people that were like i'm sure plenty pe- of kids people are like oh they're so cool like they're so charming they're yeah. all this and like behind all of that persona behind all the cameras they're just just like little zombies you know what i mean and i'm just like wow what a revelation i never would have thought about it like that and like that was how she phrased it and i'm just like that's that's crazy to me, you know, like that's probably how all of these influencers are just no personality at all when the camera's not filming none, no, no social skills. I have to push myself to, uh, to post like the videos that I posted. I have to push myself like, uh, like I can't come up with, uh, enough ideas, you know? And, uh, I'm, and I don't like being on camera. Yeah. Uh, but I I do it because it helps me uh, get over that fear, and also I know I have knowledge and I know I have things I can tell people about an experience that's gonna that might help somebody. So that's why I do it. And uh, yeah, if I do get followers from it, yes, do I get a rush or do I get a rush out of the views? I I would lie to you if I said I didn't. Absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Like, cause that's a huge, 
everybody loves that. A shift that I've noticed in me, uh, which is like just kind of like a, a comical little thing that like I've been noticing is, I mean, you look at like 19, 20, 21, you know, early 20s me. Um, and I was taking selfies all the time, you know. I had like a selfie face, dude, you know, like oh, yeah. <laughs> I had like friends that would like roast me because I like I didn't know it's do with my face and selfies. I like this all the time, you know, I wouldn't think anything of it now. Any time that like I'm sending like a Snapchat of like my face, which I almost never do. I just feel so uncomfortable. I'm yeah. like, I'm a grown man take, <laughs> taking a selfie right now. Like this it's is weird. So yeah. strange. Yeah. Like it's some somewhere along the line, there was a shift and now it's just the most uncomfortable, like performative thing that I can do. Like what, how am I supposed to look natural while I'm staring at like my own face or like on a can what am I doing? You know? Yeah. This is not <laughs> a natural thing. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I recently started using Snapchat, using Snapchat again. I just cause of a, a couple friends that use it pretty often. Uh, otherwise, I didn't use it for a long time because I was like, this is, I don't want to just post, like, send people selfies all day. Like, usually the only time I used it for a long time, actually, I only used it when I saw a mullet and I would send it to one of my friends. So that's, that's a good use of it, Which man. is a great use of Snapchat. Send, send a lot of snaps of my dog. Yeah, or uh, like animals doing yeah. dumb shit or fun, cute stuff, whatever. Yeah. My yeah. dog poops in really unique places, so I, you know, try doing that. Classic. <laughs> this is the second time he's called during a podcast. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh man. Uh What uh what else? Um I'm trying to think. Did Caleb leave? Oh, he's still there. It's so dark in there. Um, this place like locked itself up. Sometimes he probably would have warned me if he was leaving anyway. Um, I was trying to think of what else we could. Uh, I don't want to keep him too late, and we're kind of at like that hour time. But um, do you have any thoughts or any any sort of introspections you've had this week that that you want to share? You want to bounce off me? Uh, this week has been uh so far uh. Being in customer service uh, is, is is taxing. Uh, and I brought that up to somebody. I was on a, uh, I'm on a few different dating apps, which I've talked a lot about. We've talked a lot about dating apps. We've talked about dating apps before, and you've heard about it in my sets. But uh, this particular dating app, uh, I matched with this girl, and she happened to be uh, in the Army. And I was complaining to her about my job, and I was like, oh, you're in the Army. And I was like, there's like that, like, oh, I can't, I can't bitch to somebody that's in the Army type of thing. And I was like, but yeah, I can, because she probably couldn't do my job, <laughs> because um, it's just a different type of um struggle um depending on if she does have, i don't even know exactly what she does in the army either yeah i mean she might do absolutely she probably works supply or something it has the least stressful job i did have that feeling the same exact feeling that you were describing um a couple years back i dated uh this er nurse in neuro Ooh. so neuro icu um and i would have like stress saving lives 
And you're just yeah. like, yeah, I have a, I have a tumultuous history with nurses. Um, and, uh, I would like complain about my job sometimes, my jo- work stress. And she'd be like, oh yeah, you know, somebody blew his brains out with a shotgun today and I had to deal with that. And I'd be like, oh, you know, never mind. Uh, never mind. <laughs> just one up and yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, you're right. I should probably keep my mouth shut. Yeah. But, uh, I think the message that I sent her was uh, customer service is not for the weak because it's not, uh, especially if you're dealing with, like I deal with employee benefits and, uh, you know, people's health insurance. And uh, if somebody's health insurance isn't working properly or the way they think it's supposed to or it's not showing active in the pharmacies, like you can't have your, your prescription because your insurance is not paying for it, those people are going to get upset, and you're the person they're going to be talking to, and it gets intense, man. I've had to have some tough conversations with people. I have um, actually have tough conversations with people every single day, and it takes a toll on you, and I have to have those creative outlets. I have to have those outlets and people to talk to, uh, otherwise I will lose my, I would lose my mind. I'll never, yeah, I'll never discredit the, the sort of mental drain that customer service professions have. I have, I have some experience in it. If you've um, worked retail, you understand it. But yeah, sense. yeah, I have, I have some experience with it. Um, and I remember how drained I would feel coming home from work and I've worked incredibly physical jobs. You know, I've, I've worked, uh, I've done carpentry. I've done, you know, HVAC. I've, yeah. I spent a summer working on irrigation for that State where your Farm. your body might be tired. Yeah, and you know what? Like, those jobs were less taxing in a lot of ways than doing customer service style work. I have a, a good friend of mine. Uh, she worked at the call center for a major insurance company mm-hmm. uh, for years. You know, she, she was high up in that, you know, place, and she was miserable oh yeah and she finally she's probably making bank too she uh she finally left it to be an emergency dispatcher and i'm like i feel like you might have went the deeper opposite direction (laughs) (laughs) of where you should have went have you met uh jake mcdowell uh the name sounds familiar i believe so yeah, he's a comedian as well. He's a friend of mine. Uh, I've known Jake for a long time, but he has a good, uh, a new joke that he wrote uh, that you'll probably hear soon that he'll tell about uh, dispatchers. I'm not going to ruin it. Uh, <laughs> about 911 dispatchers. Just basically how they can, like, nothing phases them <laughs> because they've heard so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I, I couldn't do that. I've I've had to, you know people tell me things on the phone like very personal things and that they didn't even necessarily have to tell me, uh, but yeah I couldn't do that yeah dude oh, you know no way some of like the lowest feelings that I experienced in my life were when I was cold calling for that insurance job dude cold selling, selling 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 life insurance and then I would call because we had a lead on somebody. And, you know, the the missus of the home would answer the phone. I'd be like, hey, is Gene there? And these are people I'm selling life insurance to. They're in, like, their late 70s and stuff. Yeah. And she's like, oh, he died. I'm like, 
sorry that I'm some asshole that's calling you right now. And so much of that, you know, probably like one or two every day. I'm just like, it just makes you feel so gross, man. Yeah. There are so many companies that obviously with life insurance, obviously it's, it's important, you know, for, for older people, for anyone to have it really, to be honest, to be honest with you, it's very important because, uh, Funeral costs are outrageous for themselves. Yeah. Uh, even just cremating somebody is expensive. Uh, so just having the money to cover that and those expenses, so you don't have to have someone, you know, start a GoFundMe for for you. Uh, it's important. And when you get it, when you get it young, it's so cheap, man. Yeah, um, yeah. You've heard it here, folks. If you uh, feel like you're gonna die and you know it's coming on. Uh, go do it in a place where they'll never find your body. Save your family some expenses. They'll <laughs> <laughs> never find your body. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Jeez. Oh man. It's uh no. It's it. It can destroy. Like it's just it's another yet another. It, you know, losing someone's already enough. Yeah. Um. But uh, I've ran across that situation. I've come across you know, so many. How many GoFundMe's do you see for funeral expenses? You're just like, and since you you didn't do insurance for that long, do you think, how did they not have life insurance? Yeah. Do you think that, is that the first thing you think of? Yeah. That's the first thing I think of, and I'm like, damn, that's. I mean, but also in their defense, like, I've spent, I was on my parents' health insurance until I was 25, right? You oh, yeah. Know? I stayed through 26, man. And uh, And then I just didn't have health insurance. You know, I would work jobs and they would offer me health insurance, you know, after the three month period. And I'd be like, um, so I'm going to choose between the potential of me getting catastrophically ill or having an injury or being able to um, eat this month. So I think I'm just going to roll the dice on hoping that my uh, expert bill of health holds up like I just I I've just with this company got my health insurance like I, I figured like hey i'm 28 you know time, luck's t- t- your luck time, might be running yeah out. time to knock you know time to time to splurge for me a little bit let's get some health insurance <laughs> that i might never use um and you know what like my f- next paycheck is going to be the first paycheck that that deduction's taken out of and i'm going to see that paycheck and instantly be like i regret this uh <laughs> pre-tax though it comes out pre-tax though lower your taxable income so you got that going for you. Uh, um, <laughs> no, but I've had so many people call in about uh, their uh, they like they they were in a situation where they didn't want to pay for the insurance and they didn't have health insurance, which is is up to them. And I get that, I understand it, but don't call me and be like, "Hey, I just got hurt and now I want to sign up." Like, dude. You can't do that. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't work that way, man. Uh, that's that's why you enroll in the first place, and that's why you pay in advance, and that's why insurance companies are able to have money uh, to pay for those expenses. And yeah, it's uh, or like I've had people call in, and uh, they were um, like, "Oh yeah, I um, uh, I'm pregnant now, uh, so I want to." Uh, so I want to get insurance. I'm like, sorry. I, they're like, that's a lot. Cause they, everybody brings up the term life event comes up a lot. I'm like that is a life event for you, <laughs> but for insurance purposes, 
no life event. How do those calls go for you? Normally pretty well? Not well. <laughs> Not well. Some of them understand it or understanding. They're like, they're and they're calling like as a Hail Mary. Yeah. Which, Wh- I mean. More power to you. It's. Always ask. I mean, it's, it never hurts to ask the question. And it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy to me that like. We're so uneducated on this stuff, so wide, oh, so so widely an- that we're, that thing we're still we don't making learn these about. phone calls. Another thing we don't learn about. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't really have a concept of it. And I, I'm licensed to sell the stuff. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I learn more about it all the time. Yeah. It's crazy. Same thing with taxes. You know? Oh, dude. It's. I still got to do my taxes. Um, I don't know why I'm waiting because I know I'm gonna get a refund. It's not like I owe. I'm gonna owe. I got. Uh, I'm happy that I didn't know this year. Like I, but I got nothing, nothing, nothing. Broke Pen- even. Pennies. The goal should be to break even because you'd rather have money to be able to invest if you're smart enough. I don't know. This is my dad talking through my face. Right. My now. dad always says that too. Uh, yeah. But I'm always like, uh, I want to buy a rug for my apartment because rugs are ungodly expensive so let's see some tax money <laughs> they're so expensive dude <laughs> rugs are real expensive yeah yeah that's true oh man uh, trying to think anything else i should probably uh i should probably wrap it up though it's been a long day for me man i worked uh seven to well, I had a little bit of time off there. I went and got my hair cut, and, uh, but I pretty much worked from like 7 to 7, I would say. Long day. And that last, oh, I can't talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it, but that last call, man, ooh. Some people, man, just get, uh, I don't know, even know where, to go, where, where to go with this, but it, people get so angry. Yeah, you just have to, you have to find a way to like, decompress in a healthy way which is something that i'm still yeah learning how to do yeah i'm gonna work out tonight though because uh i don't because tomorrow i work a later shift so i i work the uh opening shift uh even though i work from home i still kind of have a shift in a sense uh where i have to be logged in or where people know i'm going to be logged in and today was my opening shift tomorrow i don't have to start really logging in until like 10 30 so, I'm gonna. I like going to the gym at night because there's no one there. It's great. If you're still listening, please give us a follow on social media. All of the links are on the website www.moderndayoverthinker.com. And also, you can find us on all the major streaming platforms that have podcasts. If you find one where we're not on there, please let me know. Email mdoverthinker at gmail.com. You can also use that email to provide feedback, have any questions, ideas, collaborations, all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, I went to the gym right after work today because I, I knew I had this obligation. And to you probably meet hated it. All right. The, the worst. Just it. What time was that at? Four, forty-five, Awful. something like that. The busiest time it could possibly be. What's your uh, the Y here downtown. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, right yeah. next to, um, the yeah. It's I don't even get me started. It's <laughs> it's not worth me complaining about. But yeah, it does. It it really puts me in like a a negative headspace, um, because I'm just so I'm so avoidant of people, or I try being of like 
like large groups of people, large groups of strangers. I still have enough social anxiety that it like, you know. And, and the gym's like a sanctuary, man. That's like, <sighs> you know, like it, you know, everyone's there to, well, you know, most people are there to, to improve the way they look more so than how healthy they are. Right. So you understand that these are people that their eyes are trained in, in ways that are at least semi vain, you know, and a lot of them are suffering with like body dysmorphia and stuff. And you know, you're comparing yourselves to them and you know, they're comparing themselves to you. And so then you, you know, that any sort of flaw that you have perceived in yourself physically, it has to be on display because they have to be perceiving it because you're perceiving theirs. And it's just like, ugh, just I hate it, man. I don't feel that way at all. Though. That's 100% how I feel. That's how the fitness community's ruined me though. Yeah. <laughs> Net, stop everything that I just said. Forget. I said, it. Don't, <laughs> start, it. don't start thinking that way. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Come, with your background, that would make sense. But yeah, with me, I just started doing the gym thing in at the end of July and it's like one of the one of the best decisions I ever made. Uh but being consistent is the thing and holding myself accountable going. Cause I could never do that for so long. I was just I would I would be one of those January guys. Yeah. My relationship with the de- gym is is like complicated now because um I'm I'm a goal oriented person. Like I like being able to set goals and attain goals. And now for the first time since I've, you know, been really into lifting or like weight training, I just don't have any, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, uh, look a certain way for like a bodybuilding show. I'm not trying to lift certain weights to compete in like a powerlifting meet. I'm just, I'm just kind of doing the things that I want to do in there. And, uh, it's hard for me to motivate myself to do it when there isn't like a, like it, like a number or a a date or or something to like that I'm trying to hit. Yeah, I get it. Um, I just don't love it anymore. And the the fitness community and fitness influencers, you know, are are just so cringy to me that you yeah, know, like I just don't like go in the gym and like see you in your Fitbay and your Gymshark apparel. Like it, you just look like such douches to me. Like I just um, <laughs> oh yeah. So, and it's, it's weird because like, I know that like, I'm very much just like an an average, relatively healthy looking dude now, you know, like I'm not, I don't like, I don't look like somebody that spends obsessive amounts of time in the gym. Like I once used to. So now I see people that are still at that point and you know, like I'm asking them for like spots or whatever. And they're probably just like looking at me like I'm a peasant or whatever. And it's like. You, you don't even know me, yeah, bro. You used to be nothing to me. <laughs> and then you become that guy, which is like a meme in the gym world, the I used to do this guy. Ugh, man. So Or you want to correct everybody's form and Yeah, I just try mind I just try mind my own business and being like, you know, is 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 polite. I always polite think someone's to gonna come down. come up to me and correct me when I'm lifting. I don't I, just because I I that was one of the main reasons that kept me from the gym was like, I always felt like I never knew what I was doing. So I'd always go with a friend that would know that what they were doing. It's crazy to me. Like the people that like are confident enough in who they are as a person that they can go to a gym and like disrupt somebody's workout to like spit game at them. Like that's what that person wants in that moment. And you see it happen. I've never once, never once attempted to be that guy. Never in my wildest dreams. And you see it happen. It's just like, what are you, how, like how, 
how do you have this level of confidence? You know, that you're yeah. just like, this person's in here uh, a time of day for themselves. and Or the people who hoard machines. And, and Don't you, get me started on those. And people. you thought that the only way they could improve this time for themselves is for you to come over and hit on them. You know, like, what are you doing, man? And sometimes it works. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, oh, I've seen plenty of good, that, that's extra motivation for me. And I don't, I don't, I never talk to any, any women at the gym, but I see a lot of beautiful women at the gym. And it's just like extra motivation. It's like, hey, I don't, you know, I'm not going to see these beautiful women at my house, <laughs> <laughs> on my couch, unless, you know, <laughs> but they're not just going to randomly appear there. Uh, so that's an extra motivation, but no, I don't, yeah, cause I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to interrupt somebody's workout cause I know I'm there and I don't want anybody interrupting me. The only person I ever really talked to at the gym is somebody like that I know and yeah. I've seen them and, but, and it's always very short cause we're both like usually on the same page. Yeah. I had like a, I had like a hometown gym that I'd been going to since I was, I was young. And if I go in there, it's like. It's like it's almost le- less of a workout and more of like a social hour because yeah. it's just like everyone there knows me and it, you know and it it takes you out of it. But I also don't you know love this gym where I know nobody. You know it's just the gym used to be the easiest part of the whole fitness equation for me. Like it was never like oh I have to go to the gym. It was always like oh I have to do cardio or oh I have to diet. You know, certain parts of it, yeah. that, but like lifting was like, this is like fun time for me. This, this is always going to take up this portion of my day and spending just the short amount of time that I did away from the gym during COVID completely shifted my mindset of it. And may, and you know, again, maybe like social media and influencers and the fitness community as a whole and, uh, and the weirdness of the fitness community kind of helped deter me a little bit. Um, that and I was doing incredibly unhealthy things to look a certain way. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's never came back. It's been probably, you know, a year and a half, two years now, you know, since gym started opening back up and I started trying to get fully back into it. It's just never came back the way it was, you know, so probably won't. Yeah. And it, You'll probably do it more for not just the physical, but the mental part of it as well. I do it now because um, as a bald man, I can't afford to get fat. Otherwise, you just look silly. You know, <laughs> that's why. That's why I do it. I always, <laughs> I always forget you're bald because you always wear a hat. I know. I mean, I have a beautiful bald head, man. But like, you yeah. can't. You can't be a fat bald guy. You just can't. You have to be one or the other. You know, <laughs> it's a rule somewhere. <laughs> it's 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 fully a rule. I mean, look at Vin Diesel. He let himself slip up, and next thing you know, he's meme-worthy on the internet. You know, people are like, look at this dad bod. Can't do it. Oh, I remember that. Can't yeah. do it, man. You have to pick one or the other. So Good rule. Good rule. Good rule to end on. We should probably <laughs> that. But I appreciate you being on, man. I appreciate you having me on, man. It was a good time. Yeah, it's a great time. I love this place, man. It's a cool little place. Um, but, yeah, uh, until next time, uh Thank you for tuning in to Modern Day Overthinker and uh, take care of yourself.